0: Get us a songbook, please. Turn over to page number 363 tonight. Everyone standing, get your book now. A little slow. I know it's Wednesday night. It's rained all week. 363, leaning on the everlasting (laughs) arms. On the first now.
1: What a fellowship. What path grows from day to day, leaning on the everlasting arm, leaning, leaning, safe and secure.
2: Welcome to Wednesday night service. It's been a long time since I've been in here. Everybody's dressed a little bit nicer than that I'm used to looking at on Wednesday night. I'm glad you're here. There's not been a selective rapture. Some of our people are on a mission trip to Branson, Missouri. The preacher and Aaron and some of our seasoned citizen members are in Branson. But uh, you pray for them as they're gone. We're glad you're here tonight. I want you to get out from your seat and cross the aisle and shake hands with the people that are here. Amen. If they're not here, you don't have to shake their hand. You can be seated. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Say amen. amen. Well, I'm glad. Well, good, buddy. I'm glad. I'm as glad as you are to be here. We're glad you're here. I'm glad everybody came out tonight. I appreciate you coming to church. It's a joy to be able to go to the house of God. So open the service up right now with a word of prayer um, and remember all the requests and all the needs and those are on the list. We'll look at those again in the service, but remember those needs. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you for another opportunity to be in your house. And I pray that you would meet with us tonight and be with us in this place. Lord, I pray for the teenagers, Lord, and their service. I pray that you'd be with them. Lord, I pray you'd touch Ryan as he speaks and be with him. Lord, be with me tonight. And I pray for our folks that are away, God. I pray you'd watch over them, protect them. Lord, we give the rest of this service to you and put it into your hands. It's your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's sing another song.
3: And
0: you know what we do when we sing a song, don't you? Y'all stand back up. If you don't mind, you got your exercise. My Paul, his choir director, says you can't sing sitting down. All right? So anyway, get us a song book. And most of you don't need a, a book, but 526, Victory in Jesus. 526.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Let's ask the ushers to come forward and receive the offering tonight. And I want to again thank you for being here. I spoke with the preacher last night, and they're out suffering for Jesus in Branson, and uh, seem to be having a good time. They said they've about got Aaron broke in. Uh, you get around the seasoned citizens very long, they will break you in. And uh, but they seem to be having a wonderful time, and I'm I'm glad they got to go on their trip. You be faithful to the Lord tonight and give. Remember the revival coming up with Brother Tim Lee. We encourage you to be faithful to that and all the things that are going on. Let's let's pray for the offering tonight. Lord, we do thank you for another opportunity to be here. I pray you touch this offering. Bless those who are faithful to give and we'll give glory to your name. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.
4: Isn't it good to know that we as Christians can know who holds tomorrow? We don't know what tomorrow might bring, but we know the one that has it in his hand, and we can depend on him. You now, sometimes in our lives, the cares of this life, our burdens, sometimes even just the noise of the world outside seems to drown out God's voice. And we miss some things that we need to hear. But I'm so glad that God has promised that his word will never fail. If we can look to his word. We can still hear his voice. We can listen to our pastor that preaches the word of God And hear what God has to say And his sweet Holy Spirit Also reveals his will to our lives So thankful tonight that we as his children Can say as this song says He still speaks A hustling, clamoring world Sometimes it's hard to hear The voice of God speaking to my soul But in my quiet time alone As I approach His holy throne His tender words fall gently on my ear he
5: still seems kind.
4: speak to me. It makes me rejoice. He still speaks.
2: It's good to have Brother Tony Green from out of town Brother Tony, you come on And he's going to share with you a little bit about the ministry he's involved in But you make him welcome tonight Brother Tony, you take a moment and share with us what you're involved in Thank you, Brother
3: Well, it's a blessing to be back around folk that talk like me I'm from Sioux City, Iowa right now That's where we're at From Charlotte, North Carolina, just below there Brother Todd here is my brother, and we're just in for a little visit, and it's certainly refreshing to be able to have a good church to be in on a Wednesday evening on the road. Uh, And if there's a chiropractor in the house, I'll meet you in the foyer right afterwards. I've been on the road for 1,200 miles uh, with six children, and my wife, and my back is out, so that's why I may look a little crooked tonight, but. I promise you I'm straight. I know Jesus. Amen? Amen. And Jesus is sure enough straightened you out. Amen? Amen? I'm glad that somebody cared to run an old bus by our way and tell us about Jesus. Uh, most of you know we had four brothers and four sisters. We had one brother in heaven. There was nine of us. And uh, there was the bus ministry there in Stanfield, North Carolina, come by our way and shared Christ with us, and I've never been the same. We didn't grow up in a Christian home, and I'm just glad that we found real love when we found Christ. Uh, I'm pastor of uh, our church. We've went out, been out almost five years this September, five years out into Sioux City, Iowa, right in the corner uh, of the three states there. If you ever look on the map, you'll see um, South Dakota, Nebraska, and Iowa. And that's right where we're right in the corner. We have folk come into our church uh, from all three states. And there's a a vast area to reach for Christ there. You just don't know how blessed you are to be able to drive. I know every church that has Baptists on it doesn't make any difference. Amen. I realize there's a lot of them just uh, not worth the ground they're sitting on. Uh, Worth way less than that. And I mean that. Uh, There's not a lot of good churches in America anymore that stand for the truth uh and uh but I'm thankful that scattered throughout uh this country there is but down in this area you're more blessed than you realize to be able to go to a good church uh where Christ is exalted uh and I I want you to pray for us I'm not going to take long because I just want the pa- I'm looking forward to hearing the pastor preach tonight uh but uh I tell people this I'm not a pastor I'm an overseer of a hospital the church is supposed to be a hospital for sinners, and a hospital for hurting saints. We need to be kind to everybody, because everybody's having a difficult time in this life we live in. And you never know what you can do to be an inspiration to someone. You don't know where someone's at in their life. Uh, so you need to, to be kind. And I, I'm glad of this scripture, and we, we desire your prayer. We're We're wrapped up around religion, up to their eyeballs out there where we're at. Uh, there's 100,000 people in our area right there, uh, right outside of our cities, cornfields upon cornfields upon cornfields, and that's about all there is. So refreshing to drive through the trees today, and my kids are saying, what's that? What's all this, you know, seeing all these trees? Uh, But we're just uh, saturated with religion, and I'll leave you with this verse. We don't need religion. We need a relationship with Christ. And the people where we're at are so indoctrinated with Catholicism and religion uh, there. Uh, and that's why it's so important that you uh, reach out to your neighbors and people uh, in this area. Because a lot are migrating this area. This is a booming area, as you know. Uh, all of this uh, south, southeastern area down in this part of the country is just loaded with people Coming here like from by the droves from up north, and they need Christ, and don't let them fool you. They don't have the Christ you have. They have a religion. They have a they have an idol. They have an idol, and they don't understand a re- personal relationship with Christ. And I don't know where you stand tonight, but if you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, you're going to get nowhere. You're going to get nowhere here, and you're going to get nowhere, of course, over in heaven. But this verse says, "For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord." shall be saved. That's my life verse. Because somebody cared enough for me to come and share Christ with me. And some people think you're crazy. They, they say, uh, Brother Green, you're crazy. Go, go so far. We've been there almost five years and finally get to come back uh, for a visit to see our family and let them see the new babies uh, that are in the nursery uh, tonight. And uh, Crazy. They thought I was crazy to go there uh, and, and share Christ. But those people need Christ. The world needs Christ. Your neighbors need Christ. And all around this world, and I believe that verse, I believe if we can just get a person to the Lord and let them call on him for salvation, he'll make things right for them. And we desire your prayers uh, as we try to get people uh, to Christ in this area. And it says, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? There's the world dying without Christ. Your neighbors are dying without Christ. Your city's dying without Christ. The world's dying without Christ. We need to pray for one another, and we need to share Christ. And we desire your prayers that God will just let us, let us be a blessing. And we've seen a lot of folks saved. I, just a lot of people come to Christ uh, in in the uh, four and a half, five years we've been there. And we need your prayers that God will uh, just. You don't understand. Uh, here, there's probably you probably have several pianists in this church that uh, maybe, you know, or quite a few that could play an instrument or something. We don't even have a pianist. Uh, it took six months to, to even get a Sunday school teacher, uh, you know, uh, to even even say, hey, I'll, I'll be willing to try. Will you work with me? Uh, you know, you're getting people to Christ. Where there's nowhere to proselyte them from. There's no, they don't have Christ. We're not out proselyting. We're out getting them to Christ. And training them. And we really need your prayers that God would help us uh, be what we need to be for him. And I thank you so much. Thank you, preacher.
2: Amen. Thank you, brother. Let's see if I got this thing on. I hope I'm on. Can you hear me? It means I'm on, don't it? Pray for me tonight. I don't know what it is, but I know I've got it. And so I'm dragging this week. Hey, if you have your Bible with you, open it with me, please, to Psalm chapter 142. Psalm chapter 142. Yeah, I looked so forward to the week when Dad and Aaron would be gone because I thought, there's a week when I can play golf and fish and do the things I want to do, and I woke up Monday morning sick, so I've not got to play, but nine holes of golf this week, And I've only got to fish once, so pray for me. (laughs) Psalms chapter 142, I just want to share a brief thought with you tonight. It's been on my heart this week. Uh, Dad gave me some more notice this time. He told me Monday morning that I'd be preaching on Wednesday, and that's a record for him. So I appreciate that. Psalms chapter 142, we're going to look at the first three verses or read the first three verses, but... I just want to focus on one phrase tonight, and I'll I'll share that with you. But Psalm chapter 142 and verse 3, if you'd stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God, please. Psalm chapter 142. The Bible says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before Him. I showed before Him my trouble. Look at verse 3. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. You may be seated, and let's bow our heads and pray and ask the Lord to bless this service. For the next few minutes, with the help of God, I want to speak to you on this thought, a cry from the cave. A cry from the cave. Let's pray. Lord, I need you tonight, and uh, as I stand here, I ask for your help. Lord, I'm unworthy to to preach your word, but through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm permitted to stand here, and I pray that you would stand with me tonight. I pray your Holy Spirit would perform his ministry of comforting tonight to some heart. Lord, we do love you, and we will be careful to give you the glory for everything that's said and done and everything that's accomplished in this service. It is in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. In Siskin Hospital here in Chattanooga, there's a sign that hangs just above the buttons on the elevator and the sign says this take the stairs up one or down two and save the elevator for people that are going through and every time I see that sign I can't help but be reminded that we live in a world full of people that are going through their trial may be physical and or spiritual or emotional or mental or financial but Regardless of what it is they're going through, all around you and probably in this building, there are people that are facing circumstances and conditions that seem overwhelming. But as is always the case, the Word of God has an offering for the overwhelmed soul. In Psalm chapter 142, we find what is called a mascal of David. Now that word mascal is a derivative of the Hebrew word for knowledge. So what this is, is a psalm that has been written and has been recorded for our knowledge or for our instruction. The title also tells us that it's a prayer. So what we have is a prayer that has been recorded and written for our instruction and for our knowledge. Truth of the matter is, that's not very unique. Throughout the Word of God, there are prayers that have been recorded. On Sunday morning, we've been looking at the prayer of Jabez and in the epistles of Paul over and over again. There are Specific prayers that Paul says he prayed for his churches. What sets this prayer apart and what makes it special and I think unique is the the time and the place that the prayer was prayed. Look at your Bible, Psalms chapter 142, and right underneath the chapter number is the title of the psalm. And it says this, a prayer when he was in the cave. Now if you're familiar with the story of David, you know that there was a time in his life when he was under great persecution and he was under great danger at the hands of King Saul. And it was during that time in David's life that he was literally forced to run for his life. And on at least a couple of occasions that we know of for sure, David ended up hiding out in a cave. So it is on one of these retreats, as David finds himself surrounded by not only the darkness of the cave, but also the darkness of his problems, that he turns to God And he offers this prayer that's recorded for our instruction and for our knowledge in chapter 142. Maybe tonight, I wonder how many of you could testify to a time in your life when some problem or some storm or some situation sent you running scared. And pretty soon you you watched as the, the darkness of your situation began to close in like the walls of a cave. Maybe that's your condition tonight. Maybe you came to this service and to this church caught up in some kind of darkness. Maybe nobody else has any idea about. But like David, you find yourself running and hiding and consumed by what you're going through. If that's you tonight, this prayer again has been written for your instruction. In other words, God has recorded this prayer to help you tonight. The Lord wants you to understand tonight that God hears the cries from the cave. And there is a God who hears us when we are in those situations in life. Tonight I just want to look at one phrase in particular very quickly. And usually I would look at more verses or look at the whole text. But just this one phrase has been on my heart this entire week. And and I want to share it with you. Look at verse 3 at what David says. David says... When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. Very quickly, I want to point out three very simple things to you from this phrase. And I want you to think with me on the thought, a cry from the cave. If you have a pen, write them down. They're very simple, and I promise I will be brief tonight because I don't feel good. (laughs) But with the Lord's help and grace, uh, God can speak to us from his word tonight. First thing that I want you to notice in the text tonight is the seasons of darkness. The seasons of darkness. I read a a neat story this week about four guys who decided that they would take a weekend and go mountain climbing. And about halfway through the climb, one of the men slipped and he fell and dropped about 50 feet and he landed with a great big loud thud on the muddy ground below. His three buddies ran over to the edge of the cliff and they said, Joe, are you alive? Joe groaned and he said, yeah, but I think I broke both my arms. They said, Joe, hang on. We'll we'll go get a rope and we'll lower it down to you and we'll pull you up and take you to the hospital. So they ran off, they came back, they lowered the rope and they began to pull Joe up. When they got him about halfway up, one of the fellows remembered that Joe had said that he had broke both of his arms. And he said, Joe, if you broke both of your arms, what are you hanging on to the rope with? And Joe said, with my teeth. I believe we all can remember times in our life when it seems like the only thing that we were holding on to the lifeline with was our teeth. And we felt as if we were about to slip off. Those are the seasons of darkness. Those are the times when our ability to cope is running thin, running short. When we come to Psalm chapter 142, that's where we find David. David is trying his best to cope, but But he's caught up in this problem and it's running thin. It's not the darkness of the cave that he's hiding in that bothers David, it's the darkness of his situation. He's in a season of darkness. When we look at David's situation and the season of darkness that David went through, we see a couple of lessons about the seasons of darkness that you and I must go through. I want you to notice a couple of things about these seasons of darkness. Notice, first of all, that they are inevitable, they are inevitable. Look at verse 3 again. There is one little bitty word that teaches us a big lesson about the seasons of darkness. David says, when my spirit is overwhelmed within me. Did you notice that it's not if my spirit is overwhelmed within me, but when. The truth of the matter for the believer tonight is that it's not a matter of if you will face a season of darkness, but rather when you will face a darkness. The truth of the matter is tonight, times of trouble and storms and seasons of darkness are more than just possibilities. They are realities. They are inevitable in our life. We are going to have to face the seasons of darkness. Former President Calvin Coolidge said one time, never go out to meet trouble. If you would just sit still nine times out of ten, someone will come along and intercept it before it gets to you. That's quaint, but in my own life I have learned that it doesn't matter whether I'm sitting still or running or crawling or whatever. Somewhere, somehow, I'm going to end up in a season of darkness. You see, they are inevitable. Seasons of darkness are realities in our life. But as you look at the story of David, you see something else. You see not only in these seasons of darkness that they are inevitable, but you see also that they are indiscriminate. They are indiscriminate. The chapter reveals to us, as we look at David's story, another truth about the seasons of darkness. It's not as clear, but when you look at who the author of the prayer is, it becomes rather obvious that storms are no respecter of persons. As you look at David's life in one place, we see David as the champion with his his foot upon the chest of a defeated giant, proud and the victor and triumphant. But as we look a little bit further down in David's life, we see him as the convict. As the prophet Nathan points his finger in his face and says, David, thou art the man. We see David as he weeps and he mourns as his family crumbles and everything that he has lived for falls to pieces. The Bible calls David a man after God's own heart, but that never gave David an exemption from the seasons of darkness. It did not matter who David was or his status before God. He was still subject to the seasons of darkness. You may be here tonight and and going through some horrible thing and you may want to ask yourself, Hey God, why me? Why am I facing what I'm facing, Lord? Well, the answer is simple enough. You were born. Uh, The very fact that you are alive Opens you up and and makes you subject to these seasons of darkness. Understand tonight, the boss and the beggar both go through seasons of darkness. The prince and the pauper are both subject to seasons of darkness. Both the mighty and the meek have to face their share of storms. You see, they're indiscriminate. It is something that affects everyone. But I want you to notice the second thing. David in his story not only tells us about the seasons of darkness, but he goes on in his story and we also see the severity of darkness. The severity of darkness. Have you ever noticed how it is always easier for the comforter to say to the comforted, hey, it'll be all right. But you learn pretty quickly that it's not until you're the one sitting in the dark that you really begin to understand the severity of darkness. It's not until you are the victim of some storm or some tragedy or some trial that you realize to the fullest extent what it's like and just how bad it can be in the dark. David in chapter 142 gives us an indication of how he felt. Listen to some of the words that David uses in the chapter. He says, I cried unto the Lord. I poured out my complaint. My spirit was overwhelmed within me. There was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. David displays with his language the severity of the darkness that he was facing. Just how severe the problem was that he was up against. You see, David's at a point in his life where he feels alone, abandoned, and afraid. When we look at the severity of David's darkness, with his words in verse 3, he illustrates a couple of things about just how severe darkness can be. Notice, first of all, that David tells us of the severity of darkness about its reach. He tells us of its reach. Look at verse 3 again, and look what David says. My spirit was overwhelmed within me. Take special notice of that word spirit. The the word that is translated spirit there is the Hebrew word ruach. And it, it, it speaks of the soul or the center and the seat of all our emotions. It's our very being, our will to live, if you will. What David is saying here is that the circumstances that he was up against had affected him to the very core of his being. I guess you could say that David was facing despair that cut all the way to the heart. You see, David was up against despair that only he understood. Spurgeon, in his commentary on this passage of Scripture, was trying to illustrate what David was saying and how severe it was to David. And, and, and he used the line of a song, and this is what he said. He said, When heavy like a veil of woe, my soul or my spirit upon me lay. I a night." Is there anybody here that's been where David's been? Have you ever been to the point in your life where the circumstances you're up against have have gone far beyond just physical pain or, or far beyond some menial aggravation? They've gone beyond that to the point where the very spirit of your life, what makes you tick, your will to go on, is affected and damaged. Have you ever been where David is where where your spirit is gripped by the despair that you face and just brought down to the lowest point you've ever experienced in your life. Truth of the matter is tonight, many times the darkness of our life is more than just a hindrance. It's a heartbreak. It's a crushing blow to our very will to go on and live. You see, the dark times of life, they're, they're severe because of how far they reach. They go beyond just exterior and they reach into our very soul and they pull us down and cause us to grieve. David tells us of the severity of his darkness and he says it's severe because of its reach. But he also illustrates by his words not only the the reach of this darkness but also its result. Its result. Look at verse 3. David says, When my spirit was Overwhelmed within me. That word that is translated overwhelmed is a real pictorial word. It it, it describes being completely wrapped up and engulfed by trouble and woe or by the darkness that you face. One commentator said that, that in English it would almost be compared to blacking out. What David says is because of what I'm up against my entire life. Every inch of who I am down to my will to go on is completely wrapped up in the darkness that I'm facing. Because of the situation David's in, every part of his being is brought down. You see, David is saying to God, Lord, it's not just urgent, it's ugly. And Lord, it's not just trying, it's tragic. And God, it's more than dangerous, it's depressing. Lord, my my heart and my soul are completely brought down by what is going on. I wonder if there's anybody here that can relate to David. I wonder if there's anyone here who, like David, has spent some time in the caves. Oh, I have. I wonder if we can understand what David is saying when he says, God, I'm wrapped up to the point where all I see is darkness completely consumed by the result of the severity of this darkness. The famous country music singer Hank Williams Sr. was known for singing the gospel song, I Saw the Light. But just before Hank Williams Sr. died, his friends quoted him as saying, but there is no light. There is no light. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you've looked around and the the light of hope is gone because you're wrapped up in the darkness. And like Hank Williams, you want to crowd and say, There is no light. I'm consumed by my darkness. If that is you, then I want you to, to be assured tonight that that's not where David's story ends. <laughs> you see, this would not be much of a passage to preach out of if David was left sitting in the cave, wrapped up in his darkness. It, it would not be much of a masculine or an instructional psalm if this is where it stops. Because what's the instruction in that? All of us who are in the cave are going, well, what now? If that's you tonight, there's a third and a final thing that I want to share with you, then I'm done. David not only tells us of the seasons of darkness and the severity of darkness, but he tells us thirdly and finally of the security in darkness. (laughs) The security in darkness. You see, in spite of the fact that David was hurt, he was not without hope. And in spite of the fact that David was in pain, there was still peace to be found. David says in verse 3, At the time when my spirit was wrapped up in the darkest night I'd ever seen, God, then, I love that word, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, that's when you knew my path. (laughs) That's when you were well aware of where I was and what I was facing, God. You see, David says, I was lonely, but I wasn't alone. There was security in the darkness. What David tells us in this prayer is that even though my despair had brought me to the single most lowest point I'd ever been to in my life, there was security because I serve a God who reigns at all points in life. And David says, I, I was not completely without hope, because even when I'm in the cave, my God is with me. David, with his words, one word, that word newest, he illustrates two things about the security in darkness. First of all, David illustrates to us a Lord that controls, a Lord that controls. Look at that word newest. That is a Hebrew word that has a wide variety of meanings, and it can mean many things. And In this case, one of the meanings I think fits very well, and that is it gives the idea of someone who is uh, directing or somebody who is ordering or or somebody who is commanding the actions uh, in a certain situation. I almost get the picture of a supervisor. And what David is saying is that when I was at my lowest point, I took comfort because I knew there was a God who was ordering and who was directing and who was working on my behalf in my life. In other words, in my imagination this week, I could could almost see David in the cave as he says, Lord, I'm scared, but you're strong. Lord, Lord, I can't see anything, but Lord, you see all things. Lord, I, I don't understand, but you're sovereign. And God, it's it's gone far beyond and out of my hands. Ah, but it's still in yours. David teaches you and I that in the midst of those seasons of darkness, there is security in knowing that we have a Lord that controls. A Lord who's never lost his grip on what's going on in our world. (laughs) Understand tonight, Christian, what appears to be chaos to you is still in control by God. What to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How lovely and patient he must be because he's still working on me. There's a God that's in control. I've said to the teenagers, and I've said it here before, there's times in life when we don't always understand the why, but we can always trust the who. His name is God, and he still rules and reigns, even in the seasons of darkness. I read a poem this week written by Charlotte Elliott that touched me. I'm going to write it in my Bible and keep it because it's really spoke to me this week. It's very simple. It says this. From human eyes, tis better to conceal. Much that I suffer, much I hourly feel. But all this thought can tranquilize and heal. All, all is known to thee. (laughs) Nay, all by thee is ordered, chosen, and planned. Each drop that fills my daily cup thy hand prescribes for ills none else can understand. All, all is known to thee. I say to you tonight, I don't know where you came from and what you're stuck in the middle of. But I do know this, there is a Lord that is in control. There is a God who knows where you're at and where you're going. I don't know why you're in the cave of darkness that you're in and I don't know why you're facing what you have faced this week or in the last couple of weeks. But I do know that in the midst of that cave, there's still a God who sits upon the throne. Notice something else that David teaches us. He not only shows us in the security and darkness a Lord that controls, but he also shows us a Lord that cares. Verse 3, David said, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, that is when you knew my path. That word newest not only speaks of somebody who directs or somebody that orders, but it also speaks of somebody that's concerned and somebody that cares. You see, David paints a picture. He says, I'm in the cave, it's dark. But the picture's not just of a God who controls, but is distant and disconnected and, and is not concerned with what happens down here. He's just in control of it, but, but it has no real tie. The picture David paints is of a God who not only controls, but controls because he cares. He paints a picture of a Lord who intervenes because he has an interest in the behalf of the one he has intervened for. It's a God that cares. I can hear David tonight as he writes the psalm down and he says, I want people to hear me. Uh, We serve a God who hears when we cry in the caves of darkness. Because he cares. The songwriter asks the question, does Jesus care? And then the chorus resounds with the answer, oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary. I know my Savior cares. Someone asked the famed theologian Karl Barth the question, what is the greatest thought you ever had? I love his simple response. He said, the greatest thought I've ever had is, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. (laughs) Sometimes it's not until we get down to that low point where we're completely surrounded and wrapped in darkness uh, that we fully get a hold of those simple thoughts. (laughs) It's in that place where we can see that there is a God who cares. You may not know why. You're experiencing what you're experiencing. You may not know why you've entered this cave that you're in. and The darkness is around you. But what you can know is that in that darkness, there is security. Because there is a Lord that controls and a Lord that cares. Psalm chapter 142, from within a cave, during probably the darkest time, or one of the darkest times in David's life, he tells us that, In that time when his spirit was overwhelmed, he prayed to a God that knew his path. I don't know about you tonight. I don't care if it is Wednesday. It tickles me to death to know I've got a God who knows my path. It excites me to no end, cold or no cold, to know I've got a God who knows my path. Maybe you're here tonight and like David, you've come with a spirit that's overwhelmed. You're hard and the very being of you, the will that you have to go on is wrapped around in darkness to the point that it's all you see. Your darkness tonight may be grief. you may be grieving over the loss of someone you love. Or maybe it's doubt. You have doubts about where you are spiritually. Or, or maybe tonight it's just depression. You just can't seem to get motivated. And that darkness has uh, destroyed what life and joy used to have. Regardless of what you may face, I want you to take heart from the cries from the cave. David said, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and we're going to do things a little different. If the musicians would come, begin to play softly. Maybe there's somebody in this building tonight who'd say, preacher, That's me. I relate totally and completely with what David is saying because I'm in a cave myself. Nobody in this building has any idea what I'm facing, preacher. But I'm where David is. Will you pray for me? My heart is gripped. Will you pray for me? If that's you tonight, will you just slip your hand up so I can see it because I do want to pray for you. Say, pray for me, preacher. I've got a broken heart tonight. I'm facing something that I never thought I'd have to face. And it's crushing me. Just slip your hand up high enough for me to see it, and put it down? Because I want to pray for you. There's a Lord that knows your... I see your hands, thank you. There's a Lord that knows your path. He's not lost control or or missed out on what's going on. He's well aware. Maybe tonight what you need to do is get out of your seat and come down here and pray. I know it's Wednesday. It not matter to me. Same God who lives on Sunday works on Wednesday. Maybe tonight what you ought to do if you raised your hand is get up out of your seat Come down here to this altar and throw yourself before God as David did and say, Lord, though I'm burdened, I want to learn to trust you. In verse 7, David said, Bring me up out of prison, Lord, so that I might praise you. Maybe tonight you ought to just fall at his feet and say, Lord, in spite of where I'm at, I just want to praise you because I know you're on the throne and I know you're in control. We're going to sing one verse of this. I don't know what the ladies have got, Rick. Does Jesus care? I want everyone to stand, if you would, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. We're going to sing one verse and one chorus of this. The Lord has dealt with you tonight. Maybe what you need to do is, Wednesday night with the teenagers, I tell them, maybe what you need to do is kneel at your seat. Maybe you just need to turn around where you're at and kneel at that old pew. Maybe you need to come down here to this altar. I'm not concerned with where you do business. I'm just concerned that you do business. The Lord wants to minister to hearts tonight as we sing.
4: Does Jesus care When my heart is pain You need
2: to come tonight To
4: deeply Talk to the Lord who knows where you're at, knows your path or Knows soul, what you're
5: facing
4: As the burdens press And the cares destroy and the way grows
0: weary
1: and long. Sing it with him. Oh, yes, he cares. Yes, he does. I know he cares. His heart is, he is touched with
2: My soul is overwhelmed within me. I'm wrapped up in the darkness of my situation, Lord. That's when you knew my path.
1: It's when you understood
2: where I was. Every head bowed and every eye closed, these are praying. If you have your paper with you from tonight, the musician's is going to continue to play. You see the request on here, the Missionary of the Week, Tom and Kim Painter, serving in the United Kingdom. Church of the Week is Delray Baptist Church in Rossville, Georgia. the Ronnie Childress. His wife, Carol, has breast cancer. We need to remember them especially in our prayers. Hospital list, Alex Paget at Health South, still recovering, and Eva board. Remember those that are traveling this week and pray for them. Remember our shut-ins and our folks in the nursing home. We need our prayers. Let's go before his face tonight and, and pray and, and thank him for allowing us to to be here tonight. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for your precious word. God, when we don't have enough to do what needs to be done, God, your word is adequate. Your word is enough to calm and soothe our hearts. Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for being with us tonight. I thank you for every one of these people that have come. Well, we pray for all the requests and all the things on the prayer list. Lord, you're aware of them, and I pray you'd work. I just want to say I love you, Lord, and thank you for your mercy and for your grace. It's in your precious name and for your glory that we pray. Amen. All right, guys, I love you, and I thank you for being here tonight. I look forward to getting back in there with the teenagers next week. I thought they didn't shout. have mercy. No, I love you and, and, and I appreciate your support. I want to thank everybody who participated in the golf tournament. Good success this year. Me and, and my partner finished the Sterling Dead Last this year. Same as last year. Look, looking to improve next year and, and maybe pass Eric Price's team. But I want to thank all the sponsors. I'll be sending letters out to them, but I want to thank everybody that participated and played. It means a lot. And there's going to be some kids who are going to thank you. They may never know whose money helped to send them to camp or what person gave so that they could participate. But I've got some kids. Fact is, I've got a 16-year-old boy that stood tonight and gave a message to a group of teenagers. In there. his name's Ryan Leatherwood. And I looked at his outline, and it's better than a lot of the preaching I hear. And uh, he gave priest tonight, and I'm sure he did well. The Lord is working in our young people, and the sacrifices we make for them are worth it all. I promise you that. Hug somebody's neck as you leave. You have a good evening. Be back Sunday morning, 920 for Tops of the Lord's Day, 945 for Sunday school. Have a good evening.
0: All get us a songbook, please. Turn over to page number 363 tonight. Everyone standing, get your book now. A little slow. I know it's Wednesday night. It's rained all week. 363 Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. On the first now.
1: What a fellowship! What a joy divine find! From all alarm Leaning, leaning Leaning on the everlasting arms Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way Leaning on the everlasting arms Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day Secure from all alarm, leaning, leaning, leaning on the
2: ever Well, welcome to Wednesday night service. It's been a long time since I've been in here. Everybody's dressed a little bit nicer than that I'm used to looking at on Wednesday night. I'm glad you're here. There's not been a selective rapture. Some of our people are on a mission trip to Branson, Missouri. The preacher and Aaron and some of our seasoned citizen members are in Branson. But uh, you pray for them as they're gone. We're glad you're here tonight. I want you to get out from your seat and cross the aisle and shake hands with the people that are here. Amen. If they're not here, you don't have to shake their hand.